is still away on maternity break. Yes, she is. But this is still your book club with a twist. And Brandy and I are still your very own and very happy, happy hour girlfriends. (laughs) Yeah. I think we'll be more so as this episode goes on. (laughs) Yeah. Last week, we left. Okay, we got weird, (laughs) y'all. Mercury was in retrograde and we got silly. But we also reminisced on things we said would never be us but turned out to love, agreed on the frustrating contrast of wanting to be independent women who don't follow the quote-unquote guidelines of gender roles but sometimes fall into the trap, and Brandy shared her major theory of what's really happening. Yeah. We did all this (laughs) while slowly sipping on our emerald Mrs. Rochester. Ever so slowly. Well, Emma, what are we drinking? I'm ready to get silly today, too. Oh, boy. Do we have a very intricate cocktail for y'all today? (laughs) You think you're ready for this genius that's about to go down? Absolutely. Good. Our cocktail pairing for today's episode is called a glass of wine. Woo, 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 That's woo. right, folks. You heard that correctly. <laughs> your cocktail pairing is a beautiful full glass of any wine of your choosing. But make it a full glass, y'all. Yes, I did say full for a reason. I could come up with some pithy description of how we carefully curated this because all the women in this week's chapters are throwing back a shit ton of wine. <laughs> but if we're being really honest with you, which we always are, We're getting tired here at the almost. So tired. And and our schedules honestly just got crazy this week. So we're being a little lazy. We can admit it. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've done like 60 plus cocktail pairings. So I think it's okay to do a glass of wine. Yeah. I love a glass of wine. I'm with you. Well, Brandy, speaking of which, what are you, what wine are you drinking? I mean, I'm sticking with the Mommy Mariana favorite. I'm drinking a Savi B. Oh, I thought you were going to say a tequila. Wine with a shot of tequila. New Zealand. (laughs) Oh my God. The Mommy Mariana. Maybe later. We'll see how crazy this episode gets. But I'm sticking with a Savi B. It's a stone, I think it's Stoneburn. It's a New Zealand. Mm, Classic. New Zealand Savi B. Love it. What are you drinking? I'm drinking an orange wine that I'm very excited about. I've never tried her before, but she smells delicious. I love it. Yeah, she's Portugal. Portuguese. She's a Portuguese lady. Well, who's going to tell us about this? An Italian. Yeah. (laughs) We are still making our bartender work for his keep. So here to share the recipe, some gorgeous insight, to drop some wine knowledge on you is our bartender, Riccardo. Woo, 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 woo. Riccardo. Riccardo. Ciao, Brandy. Welcome to the bar. Hi. Are you ready for this very complicated cocktail? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Do I need a lot of supplies? A lot. 
<laughs> a lot of different supplies, a lot of different ingredients. Oh man. So my recommendation is choose very carefully the glass because it's very important. Okay. For this cocktail and the presentation of this cocktail. All right. And uh, choose your favorite wine and pour it into your favorite glass. Oh, okay. That's easy enough. And that's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> I'll even uh, I'll even forego the corked wine and I'll just uh, do a twist. Make it even easier. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we decided to to go Emma decided to go for an orange wine. Yeah. These wines are her favorite. So I was thinking that maybe we should talk a little bit about what's an orange wine. Yeah, please. I know that are super popular right now, but did you know that they are actually the most ancient type of wine that exists. Whoa, I did not know yeah. that. So they discovered these clay containers that were covered in um, bee wax and uh, stored uh, underneath the ground in Georgia. And the most ancient one, uh, I guess that it's around 8,000 years old. And it was still containing some of the traces of the, oh the, the actual grapes that they left in the wine during the maceration. Oh so they could understand that actually the orange wine was the most antique kind of wine, the most That's ancient one. That's crazy. Yeah. So Georgian guys are actually the guys that invented orange wine. Whoa. That's cool. But... As always happened in history, Italians made it better. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty recently, actually, Italians and Slovenians wines maker in the early 2000s tried, tried to rediscover this super ancient method and they tried to make it a little bit more appealing to the modern market. So the, the orange wine is basically a white wine. So nothing is different. Oh. Except that with modern wine techniques, we are always trying to avoid the skin contact after the pressing of the juice uh -huh. to keep the real color of the grapes and to don't release any other substance in the grape juice. Uh, they are contained in the in the skin, uh -huh. such as, of course, color pigment, uh, phenols, and tannin. So these three elements are the actual three elements that are the main characteristic of an orange wine. So an orange wine is not all, like it's just a white wine where we decide to leave the skin in contact with the wine for a few hours or a few days or even a month. And so that's and, what gives it the color? Yes. And the funkiness? Yes, correct. Uh -huh. So the longer you leave the skin in contact with the juice, the more intense uh, you're going to perceive the taste when you're going to have the wine in the bottle. Oh. Because, of course, the color is going to change depending on how, how intense is the pigment in the grape skin right so they're all orange wine are made just with white grapes so the the color can go anywhere in between like a light amber color to a very dark let's say clay uh -huh. dark uh, like light clay yeah. color could be even like reddish sometime but the grape is 
still a white grape. Right. And the polyphenol and the tannin are the ones that are giving the characteristic of this earthy, funky taste uh-huh. to the wine. Alla tua salute, Brandy. Thank Enjoy you. your wine. I will. Very complicated. <laughs> Bye, Ricardo. Ciao, Brandy. Alla tua salute. Ciao. Bye. All right, woman. Cheers. Do you know that every time we cheers, I always put my glass up to the microphone first? And then I realize that I... Do cheers the mic? Yeah. (laughs) I cheers the webcam because that's where you are. That would make most sense. And I just realized (laughs) that I always go to the mic first. I never had any idea that's what you were doing. And then I'm realizing that I'm actually not cheersing you. Cheers me, bitch. I'm Here, the one cheers. with you. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. This actually feels like one of our real happy hours now because we I always drink know. wine. At a happy hour. We do. We always drink wine. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, we rarely do cocktails. I feel like sometimes at the end of the night, I'll end with like a mezcal if they have it. Yeah, Is your wine true. good? You do that. It's amazing. So I pre-chilled my wine glass in the freezer and then I also pre-froze some grapes which I tossed in my wine just to help keep it cold it's very hot in this booth and I do not like no lukewarm sabi bee oh my god what a good hack you should teach our bartender Ricardo that trick I will I will tell him I'm excited about this wine, too, because I usually, I'm not going to lie, I am someone that judges a book for their co- by their cover, and I judge a wine bottle by the label. I do. And I knew I wanted an orange wine, but this specific one that I found, the wine, I said it's from, it's from Portugal, but the name of the wine is Contato, which in Italian means contact. And the picture oh. on the label is a man and woman's hands whose pinkies are, like, intertwined. And so I was like, oh, this actually kind of works for this book. So you were actually the one who introduced me to orange wine. I had never even heard of orange wine before you started talking about it. It's so delicious. Well, now it seems like it's all, like, the rage everywhere. Like, now everyone is like, oh, I want something funky. Let me get an orange wine. It's like that funk is is very synonymous now with orange wine. It's really funny. Oh, and it's incredible. It's like, so I really like a New Zealand white because it's so, like, tangy and it has a little bit of funkiness to it, like a touch Hmm. of funk. But when I had orange wine with you, it was that, like, on steroids. Yeah, I love it. It's so great. It's gr- and so good with like I think we had it with a charcuterie board or something, right? And it was like oh, perfect with cheese and mm, oh, delicious. good. I'm glad I've turned you on to it. Do you want to talk at all about why you started drinking orange wine? Yeah. So some of you may not believe this, since we do drink every episode <laughs> quite and quite yeah. a bit. And when we have happy hour in real life, we also drink quite a bit. But actually, drinking has made me not feel so amazing in the last couple of years. Um, Especially I noticed like the end of 2019 into the beginning of 2020, like what a terrible time to not enjoy drinking, like in lockdown. I really kept trying. I really did. But it wasn't making me (laughs) feel good. And I discovered that orange wine, because Ricardo brought home a bottle from work one day, and I had a glass and I felt fine. I didn't feel that same 
kind of like immediate hangover feeling that I did with any mm. other wine and really any other alcohol. And so yeah. someone suggested that it's probably because it has no ad- added sulfites and it's like the most mm. natural, like unprocessed form of wine a lot of the time like because it it still has like the sediment in the bottle and so it's Uh just a more like pure form it makes me sound so elitist saying this like I hate myself a little bit for it but it's like I really do think that the non-added sulfites really make a difference (laughs) so now I'm that person (laughs) when I go out that's like do you have orange wine that's sulfite free like I hate (laughs) myself but I don't feel sick, so... You're like that jerk who goes and orders the wine that they're like, do you have an unoaked Chardonnay? Yeah. I always wanted to kill those people. Right. Like, you need to relax. Is it buttery but you have a real oaky? reason, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but I still, <laughs> I still cringe every time. <laughs> well, I like it very much, and I hope people Good. out there, if you haven't tried it, try it, because it's delicious. Yes, get yourself some orange. Should we talk about this book? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Okay. I, you know, I am excited to get into it because I really am excited to talk to you about your theory and see if you still feel oh. the same way. So let's go. Oh, give us, give us, oh, get us started. She's calling me out. Y'all. I am. Okay. This week, Jane's suspicions about Eddie deepen when they're at the cabin and she wakes up in the middle of the night to find him in the living room on his hands and knees covered in sweat. Mm. Red flag, anyone? I would say so, Brandy. Add that to the list. Needing more information, she invites Trip to lunch, which absolutely infuriates Eddie when he finds out about it through the grapevine. Trip Ingram then gets arrested for murder. Eddie sleeps with B. In the past, jealous over Eddie's supposed affair with Blanche, B sleeps with Trip in the bathroom at a barbecue. <laughs> Jane hears that weird thumping again and goes to investigate, but her phone rings just in the nick of time to distract mm. her. She finally confronts whoever is searching for her, and it turns out to be a PI hired by Jane's aunt searching for her sister's daughter, who might have gone by Helen Burns. Mm. And we learn the truth about old Mr. Brock, the foster father who Jane didn't murder exactly she just watched him suffer a heart attack withheld his pills from him and watched him die before she peaced out (laughs) and in the final moments trip texts jane asking to meet up despite feeling that she should immediately tell eddie she doesn't and agrees to meet trip in secret dun 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 I want to know what the hell you think Eddie was doing on his hands and knees at the cabin. Is it possible he's hidden evidence like under the floorboard? Like what did did anything pop into your head that you were like, he must be doing this? I think what popped into my head is probably not the case because this would be too outlandish. (laughs) But it gave me a chuckle. I was like... (laughs) What if Blanche is also alive and he has her hid din under the floorboards and she is the wife downstairs? (laughs) 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 That's honest to God what came to mind. That's actually very interesting because I won't ruin it, but, you know, last week we were talking a little bit about Rebecca. Mm. And so what you're saying, there's a a tiny little connection to Rebecca, 
possibly there. So that's not that. That's a little. Oh, that's a really interesting theory you've got there. Hmm. But here's a question, because last yeah. week when we read the chapters, mm-hmm. I was questioning. I So the cop comes and says that they found Blanche's body. Right. Which has been bludgeoned in the head. Right. I think I also, like, overlooked that. And I thought to myself, but do we actually know that it was Blanche? Has her actual real body been found? Right. Well, and that's that's the piece of this that I'm saying could connect to Rebecca. And I don't want to go into it too much. But, like, yes. Mm. Is it, like, possible that it's a different body that's been found? Mm-hmm. And maybe Blanche is still alive somewhere. It would be a really good twist. What did you think? I mean, I I don't I don't know. I thought he's she doesn't give us any other information, right? We know he's covered in sweat and he's on his hands and knees in the living room. So I was like, you know, is he looking for a loose floorboard where he hid something? Mm-hmm. You know, that's possible evidence. Is he was there, you know, did he kill somebody here in this cabin and he's like looking to see if there's still a blood stain on the floor but then why would he be sweaty like it's not like he was trying to clean anything i don't know it was just shady as hell and it actually leads me to a fun little game i want to play with you this week oh we're getting in we're going in girl let's go well we got to do it before we leave the cabin so this week jane is back and forth back and forth on whether or not she trusts eddie but she did agree to come with him on this trip to this damn cabin where his wife you know, was murdered Uh or died. Mm -hmm. You know, as we said, she wakes up in the middle of the night. He's not in bed. She finds him crawling around on his hands and knees, all sweaty. Think we can both agree that's a red flag. Red flag. For anyone out there listening, you find your guy doing that, that's a red flag. So in honor of my absolute fucking disbelief that she's ever able to sleep next to this man again, (laughs) I want to play a little game called The Top 10 Completely Insane Red Flags Jane Ignores. (laughs) It's a rapid fire, drink after every answer, very silly list of the top 10 red flags Jane completely ignores while they're on their trip. And I'll start us off. Let's go. Number 10, she's in the shower at the cabin and Eddie suddenly rips the shower curtain open psycho style to ask if they have any more milk. No, no worries, she says. I'll just run out to the store and get some. Is that a red flag? (laughs) Is it? I don't know. Jane doesn't think so. But I like it. (laughs) Number nine, (laughs) Jane is about to get into bed and opens the drawer in the bedside table to look for her cell charger. When she finds a key taped to the inside of the drawer with a note that reads in all caps, you know what to do. (laughs) Drink. Drink. (laughs) Number eight. She finds him staring at the deep, deep lake and tossing stones into it. When she asks what he's doing, he says he's just imagining how far down, down, down they have to go to reach the bottom where nothing will ever find them again. Cool, she says. Let me try. I <laughs> like her responses. <laughs> nothing bothers our Jane. Number seven. She's looking through his book selection on the bookshelves in the den, and they all have titles like Lying with your mouth, not your eyes. <laughs> Charm their pants off, colon. 
a step-by-step -step sexual guide on how to make them fall in love with you and want to take their clothes off, and <laughs> deceit, period. It's cool. <laughs> Lying with your mouth, not your eyes, is my favorite. <laughs> Number six. She overhears him singing Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads, but he changes the lyrics to Wifey Killer. Keskese. Extremely concerned that she doesn't know what Keskese means and that she might appear uncultured to Eddie, she immediately downloads the Duolingo app to learn French. That's the important part of what happened there. Yeah. It's so crazy that you referenced the talking heads. We're going to that show together today. So random. <laughs> Number five. The only food stocked in the pantry is cans of spam and marshmallows. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Red that flag. would terrify me. Number four. She notices that he still has pictures of B up around the cabin with only her face ripped out of all of them. Jane reasons that he must be preparing to slip Jane's face into the photos like one of those carnival photo booth cutouts. Fun! <laughs> She's so optimistic, our Jane. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Number three, Eddie suggests game night, and he asks her how good she is at holding her breath in tight spaces. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> My number two kind of goes with that. Number two, he hands her a shovel and asks her to dig a hole six feet deep in the backyard. He's just curious to see if a girl can do it, he says. Well, that sets her right off, and she starts shoveling away to prove that a woman can. Yes! <laughs> oh no, until she's thrown into the oh grave no, exactly. that she's dug for herself. Don't do it, Jane. And finally, number one, Jane discovers Eddie has disposed of everything of bees except for this one red lace bra, which she discovered he keeps in the refrigerator in the produce drawer inside a bag of cabbage. <laughs> That's just a He's little insight so into the workings of my brain. <laughs> That's a very scary red flag. And... You're already almost done with that glass. Good for you. I know. I'm going to need a refill. All right, y'all. That was the top 10 completely <laughs> insane red flags that Jane ignores. You find a bra in a cabbage, you know, a bag of cabbage, you better fucking run. Emma says that's a red flag. She's adding it to the list. It's on the list now. Oh, God. Okay, so... I, I'm curious to just jump straight in, B. I want to know, I'm really curious after you your very confident prediction last week about where it's going. I want to know if you still think that that's true, and if so, what's backing it up, and if not, why? Well, I don't know that anything has happened to disprove, has it? Am I wrong about that? No. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't know that I remember completely my theory from last <laughs> week. <laughs> Wait, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that B was planning to kill Blanche. Mm -hmm. And uh, Eddie ran out there to the cabin knowing what B was probably up to. 
And so he probably he might have witnessed something. He's he's implicated in this Mm -hmm. and B has probably threatened him with whatever it is he knows. And that's why he locked her up. Yeah, I don't think anything's the only thing that has happened that is throwing a wrench in this is that we now know that Trip was also at the cabin Mm -hmm. that night, Mm -hmm. Um, which maybe goes because at some point I think I had said that I thought Eddie and Trip might have murdered their spouses uh-huh. together or something like that. Um, so that theory got a little that that part of the theory got a little step ahead this week, maybe. But yeah, it's weird. I had a lot of questions this week about Trip because he yes. seems to hold such a grudge against Eddie. He really does not seem to have a kind word to say about that guy. And yet now that we know that Trip was at the cabin and Trip is the one who's been arrested, I can't help wondering, like, what is it that he knows about Eddie also, that we're not seeing? Trip cheated on his wife with B before there was even proof that they were that B and Eddie were having an affair, if they even were. But we only think that that's true because of something B wrote, right? Is that something that B wrote in her like little journal? Ooh, well now I don't remember if she wrote it or if that was in italics because that's another question I have is why in B's section sometimes we get yes. her first person perspective and sometimes it's right. third person in italics. Right. I have like, questions about that too. Why not just all be in first person or why not just all be in third person, which actually that could support your theory pretty well. That our author, Rachel Hawkins, is kind of giving us a clue as to, like, don't believe everything that you're reading. So do you think the stuff in italics could be Rachel Hawkins giving us actual factual information that's not part of B's journal? Yeah. I mean, I still, if I'm being perfectly honest, I still don't know that I believe that we have an unreliable narrator, like you like to say, I still am not like 100% sure that what she's writing is not true. But Mm. the italics definitely do seem to be true because those are the dark sides of B, especially in her her younger self that she doesn't want to acknowledge. That's true. So she wouldn't write about it. So we need someone else to tell us what happened. And those italics do sort of support what my theory was from last week because they are showing that darker side of B. Everybody seems to remember her as this wonderful, great, successful person. But somebody who cheats on their husband in the bathroom at a barbecue because they maybe sort of think he might be having an affair with their best friend, like, it makes me wonder if she was manipulating Trip. You know what I mean? Did she actually think that Eddie might have been having an affair with Blanche? Or was it all part of her plan to frame him and she looped Trip into it or tricked him into it and slept with him for some reason to possibly implicate him too to, as, as a way to control and manipulate him? What's still unclear to me, though, is why she would be wanting to frame Eddie. Why, she, why would she want to ruin his life? Because she wants to kill, I think, B wanted Blanche dead. Mm-hmm. And if Eddie walked in on that somehow or if he, you know, interrupted her while all that was going down, I don't know. I, th- I think that she just 
tries to manipulate and control as many pieces as she can to get what she wants. Who knows to what end, you know what I mean? But it seems like she didn't have any money or means until after she met Blanche and started ripping off Blanche's ideas to make Southern Manners a success, you know what I mean? So she didn't have means until very recently, which means she didn't have freedom until very recently, probably. I also, I just want to quickly jump off of something you just said. That is all very confusing to me, too. Why Blanche is so upset. So say that B did take Blanche's aesthetic. That seems to just be all that that is. It's an aesthetic. It's the way that she's decorated her house. And she takes that and turns it into a business and is, like, selling it. I don't, it's not like, it's not like the things that Blanche had in her house she designed. They're just, it's just her interior design, correct? It's her vibe. Okay, but, like. Yeah, but it seems like it was an ongoing thing. Like, imagine if I had done that to you, right? I'm like, Emma's apartment is so cute. My aesthetic is completely different, but I'm going to take Emma's style and I'm going to make that a brand. And then say, I see the exact shirt that you're wearing right now. And I'm like, oh, weird. We're going to start selling that shirt next week or whatever. And I'm making a shit ton of money off of that while you're having financial problems, as we know Blanche, as we think we know Blanche was. Like, that's kind of fucked up. It's because it's continuing to happen, right? We know she saw that bracelet at the diner and was like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're going to start selling something like that really soon. Like, it was an ongoing Yeah, I guess the problem, the disconnect for me is that, say that that did happen. Say that you liked my aesthetic, you liked my vibe, and then you opened a store and started selling it. I think, if anything, I would be flattered. What if I called it live, laugh, or love? Or love. What if I called it that? That would be different because you have my name attached to it. But this is Southern Manners. It's not like, and it's not like Blanche ever wanted a store. It's not like she wanted her own business. I mean, I guess, sure, a conversation should have been had. But for that to warrant this disgusting behavior that's happening, I'm like, I don't know. Is it that bad? I guess you think think, it is. Well, I don't know. I don't know that it's that bad, but I think it would, I think it would definitely bother me. Like, put it, put it in an acting perspective, right? Say that you have an agent team that you work with, right? And all of a sudden, you've got this new friend who's like, oh, how'd you get that agent? And then all of a sudden, they're repped by your agent. And they're like, oh, how'd you get your manager? And then all of a sudden, they're repped by your manager. And then they're like, oh. Wait, wait. Which is really funny because I recently had meetings with your agent. No, 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 no. But that's totally different. No, no, no. All of a sudden. Live, laugh, or love. It's coming, y'all. It's coming. I'm going to be repped by all of your reps. It's not an accident that we're reading this book right now. Y'all heard it first. This is proof. If I disappear, I'll give you Brandy Bravo's address. The agent thing is that, like, then imagine they start dressing like you and they start trying to go out for the same roles as you. And then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's taking a persona. She's trying to become. Blanche, I feel like. Like, she's trying to take over. You know, she slept with her husband. Like, it just feels like she's trying to completely single white female her or something. Do you know that reference? Am I old? I don't know that reference. Wow. You should definitely watch that movie. It's creepy as fuck. It's perfect for Halloween. 
any millennials out there who haven't seen Single White Female, <laughs> it's a really great movie for this time of year. Go watch it. It is early 90s, but it's still worth it. But I love early 90s films. Those are the best. It might be late 80s. It's uh, Bridget Fonda. Oh. Yeah. Quick rundown. It's Bridget Fonda who gets a roommate, I think here in New York City, and then all of a sudden the roommate starts like dressing like her and like acting like like it's she and it gets progressively crazier from there does one of them kill the other one i'm not gonna say anything (gasps) this is not fair you have so much insider information for this book that's probably helping you understand what's going on because you know all okay i'm on to you i'm gonna go and watch and read all the things by next week (laughs) stop trying to do everything i do emma (laughs) I truly, though, like, I do always try to do everything you do. I was just thinking about that today. I was like, you know, Brandy tells me to take this class. I take the class. Like, any any time Brandy's like, I read this book, I'm like, I'm, I read that book. Like, I actually I do that really about you, do. too, though. You said you, do? you were like Larry Moss. And I was like, Larry Moss, great. And then what was the other? You told me to read a book about what was the past life regression. But yeah, and then I was like, great, I'm going to read that. <laughs> okay. That's friendship. What you don't do is then make a business marketing your friend's ideas as your own. That's fucked up. And that is the basis of Southern manners. Well, and now I'm curious then, too, why, like, where this even came from. Because there's another disconnect for me. Now that we've seen the history of knowing B's mom's drinking problem and that Mm -hmm. relationship... And how Blanche really kind of like stepped in and was such a good friend. Oh, wait a second. Oh, because of that huge glaring detail that I forgot when Blanche basically said to B, like, we can't be the same person. You can't go to the same school as me. And B changed the college she was going to go to. Right. Okay. So that's a big detail that I forgot. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I I had completely. So then this really could be just like a big F you of like you said that we can't be the same person. Yes, we can. But it still doesn't seem. Or we can't and there can only be one of us. And so you've got to go. It just seems very extreme. And again, this is still all going off of your theory. Like this is all if this is true. Exactly. Like maybe Trip already really did kill her. And actually, this was a new detail that I discovered this week that made me go, oh, when Jane is in the house by herself and she notices that Trip is watching her through the window and then she hears thumping and then mm-hmm. Eddie conveniently calls right at that moment to distract her. Interesting. It made me wonder if Trip sees her hear the thumping and then, like, calls Eddie and is like, do something. Like, if Trip knows that B is there. Hmm. But then we get to the end where he's like, you're in danger. So maybe that's not. Right. And mm. that moment is what makes me think Trip is innocent. I don't think he'd be reaching out to Jane if he weren't completely innocent. Unless he's really trying to get Eddie convicted so that he doesn't get convicted. And he knows Jane is suspicious of Eddie, so he's trying to get Jane on his side. Yeah, so that he is free and doesn't get convicted for homicide. Mm. Right. I don't know. It was just, I mean, it was such a fleeing moment. But I, the two times that 
Jane has heard something and maybe it's just like a bad writing perspective. Sorry, but like maybe it just is – because to me, I'm like it can't be a coincidence. Do you know that it's interrupted every time? But I guess it has to be because it's a novel and like the story would end if she discovered it. But I'm having a problem with that. I also kept wondering, like, what is the thumping coming from? But I guess it must be if there's a bathroom up there, the plumbing? Like, is she banging on the plumbing pipes or something? Like, how is it traveling? You're in a room that's made to be hidden. I didn't even think about that because I just assumed that she was just hammering. But that's another question I have now that you bring it up that I hadn't thought about is why is she even trying to cause noise? Oh, you know why? Because now we've discovered that B's chapters, the parts, B's parts, mm-hmm. are in the past of what we're reading about in the present. And so now she knows that Jane is home. Wait, how did you get that? Because they've been having sex. Uh-huh. And then she discovers that Jane, is that wrong? Is that false? Why do you think she knows about Jane? Because Eddie tells her. He does? Did I miss that completely? How far did you read to? Chapter 28. The end of chapter 28? Yeah. Hold on. (laughs) What's the last thing that you read? What What I said in my intro that she agrees to go meet Trip. Trip texts her and is like, you're in danger or whatever. And then she's like, I should tell Eddie, but like, I'm just going to meet up with Trip. And that's where you reading. Yeah, the end of chapter 28. (laughs) Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. This is the first time that this has happened to us on on this podcast. Did I not read it the right? It seems that you... That was the end of chapter 28. It's confusing. It's confusing because <laughs> there's like, there's different parts. There's like part four, part, part five, part six, whatever, but they're all inside of chapter 28. So if the last thing that you read is Trip and the danger uh, thing, then you're actually missing, like, quite a lot. You've got to be I'm kidding so me. I'm sorry. That's why I was, like, so curious about your theory. What the fuck with this episode? This is very on par with us today. Drinking wine. We said that we're tired. It's All right. been crazy. All right. You know what? I'm going to sip on my Savvy Bee while you fill me in on what the fuck I missed so that I'm on the same literal page as everyone else listening right now. Let's take right a big now. sip. Let's, let's take God a sip together. Big, all right. Cheers. Cheers. I'll cheers my mic. There we go. All right. Oh, my God. I'm dead. All right. What did I miss? Tell me what I missed. So that I can let's see if I can do this this correctly. (laughs) Let's see if I like remember all the things, and then and then I'm gonna go back and ask you. Uh, Okay, so there's like a couple big things then. According to my notes, the drunk mom thing I was like, I must have like lost over that. That was the college thing. I thought you remembered things happened earlier. So my question for you is, 
I did my whole fucking intro about this <laughs> week's chapters, and I didn't talk about any that's my of bad. This. And you weren't like, "Hey, that's not where this week's chapters end." Hey, that's not even the most interesting shit that happened in this week's chapters. Like, hey, there were way bigger revelations. I'm sorry, like, you your intro is always intro so good. Brandy. Your intro is just—I'm always like on the edge of my seat reading it. All right, listeners. I apologize. I apologize that I did not read the appropriate number of pages. I'm now caught up. But I have to say, I actually think that my single white female theory still holds because it sounds to me like Blanche was maybe trying to get away from yes. B by saying, let's go to separate colleges. It's almost like she was like, whoa, yes. you're a clingy. Like, I need my space. And then B you know they reconnect however that happens and she ends up at thornfield estates again like and now she's full on trying to take on blanche's aesthetic like for somebody who's only ever tried to help b out it seems really aggressive for b to then start a business where she's profiting off of blanche's ideas yeah yeah no like, that seems pretty fucked up. It seems like she's a little bit of a, like, what are the things that, like, like a succubus, like the things that live, a parasite. Oh, she's shit. a parasite. I feel like that's just such a, I feel like that's such a strong word for, like, what's happening. I don't know. But that's why I was saying earlier, like, I don't understand, because Blanche was really good to her until she wasn't. But then they got together and they were fine again. I see what I know what you're saying. See, and I think Blanche was really good to her until Blanche was like, something weird's going on here. I need my distance from this person. Mm. You know what I mean? Have you ever had one of those where you're like, something's not right here. I need distance. And then you reconnect because you're like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe mm. I was being weird. But then you reconnect. And then once again, you're like, nope, something's weird here. There's something weird. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, like you form a book club with a person and they seem to really have their shit together. And then all of a sudden they're not reading all the chapters and you're like, what? And then you have to explain the chapters to them. And then they're just like coming up with ideas off of what you said. Like, that's no. fucked up. If it happens repeatedly, you know, <laughs> it was confusing. It was confusing. Oh, I'm a professional, I promise. <laughs> she says, with her wine glass and her headphones, like, tilting uh, forward. Uh, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. One thing I will say, though, is, like, one of the sort of tropes of gothic, like, the gothic fiction genre is that the lead male character, I think is usually this sort of brooding man with a secret. And he's not typically guilty of the thing you think he's guilty of, but he's sort of guilty of something. Mm. Um, and he has to lose something in order to sort of pay back what he's, whatever minor thing he's lied about. You know what I mean? So you think he's guilty of something huge. He's not actually guilty of that. He's guilty of a moral failing about this huge thing that's not, you know, it's not the huge mm. thing. But then he has to give something up in order to atone for that. So in Jane Eyre, Rochester, I think, loses his sight. 
And he loses the use of a limb. I think one of his hands he he loses the use of in order to sort of, quote unquote, atone for the lies he's told. But then in the end, he and Jane do get to be together. And he starts to regain his sight by the end of the book. So he's kind of an invalid when she comes back to him. Right. I forgot and when, about that. You know, eye. when they're finally able to get married and yeah. all this, he's pretty much like not the same person she left, but she does still love him. So I'm curious what that could be, how that could relate to this book. So maybe you are right. The other thing that we talked about last week that I think we am pretty sure now is clarified for us is Helen Burns. That was Jane. Right. We can't not talk about that. Now we know who the Jane was. There was a talented Mr. Ripley situation. It just wasn't the one that I thought it was. Wait, do you know Talented Mr. Ripley? Is that also a reference? No, I you don't mean get? like I haven't seen that in years. Oh my fucking god! This I know is I'm the worst. Unbelievable! <laughs> oh my god! So Talented Mr. Ripley is a very good Matt Damon, Jude yeah. Law, Gwyneth Paltrow movie where basically it's also kind of a single white female story. Matt Damon admires Jude Law and starts to try to become. Exactly like Jude Law, and I won't ruin it for you, but it's a single white female situation, and he tries to take the identity of this other person who he admires, which is kind of what happens with Jane and Helen. Yeah. Jane, who is actually Helen Burns, takes on the identity of Jane, who dies, who's dead, which is what I wonder could also be happening with B and Blanche. Well, that moment did make me question if B also did the same thing to a woman, if she framed a woman for something terrible. Because if mm. Eddie's oh well that's like another what? thing. Like killing Blanche. I don't know. Like if um I don't know if I really believe that's true. But in the reading that you didn't get to do this week, Eddie does say to B, his B's like asking him about her. <laughs> <laughs> she said, your wine. And Eddie says, she's nothing like you, which obviously makes me feel like she actually is very similar to B. Like, if he's saying she's nothing like you. Because Eddie doesn't really know Jane. Exactly. If he's saying she's nothing like you, that turns on my antenna and makes me go, she must be just like her then. Which means if Jane had done that, right. could B also have done that? And we know from this week's reading, Jane is capable of quite a bit. Some fucked up stuff. What did you make of that moment with Mr. Brock? Like that, I really did not, I didn't know. I knew Jane had done something to Mr. Brock, obviously. I didn't quite know what it was. I knew it was going to be bad, but then when I read it, I was like, oh, that's it's actually really worse disturbing. Than what I it's thought. really fucked it up and be. it's really disturbing. But I also was like, well, if he's terrible to kids and not just Jane, but like if he's always like this and he's like letting sweet, innocent kids die because they don't have parents, then fuck him. Is that terrible? Do you think you could do it? No. <laughs> Well, because here was my question about it, right? Is like Jane doesn't need to watch him die in order to run off with 
the real Jane's identification. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the moment that she decides, I'm not going to be Helen Burns anymore. Now I'm going to be Jane. And luckily, she does have Jane's, like, ID and stuff. So she can just start pretending to be this person. But she didn't need to let him die to do that. To your point, though, he is still going to continue to be awful to other kids if she allows him to live. So, yeah, I guess her only recourse was, like, trying to go to Child Protective Services and be like, this is what's happening. Maybe they believe her, maybe they don't. So, I don't know. Maybe she did rescue kids from being harmed. It's hard to be on her side a Yeah, but bit. I she felt like that, really like, the whole book. really hard to be on her side. I mean, even, even when they're at this country club party and she notices the gold bracelet that Landry's wearing— and she thinks to herself, I know I don't need to take it because I could just buy one for myself. Mm-hmm. Yet she does anyway. Yeah, she doesn't want a bracelet. She wants that bracelet. Which actually leads me to a question. <laughs> <laughs> Changing gears. That moment in the book was okay. actually one of the moments that I found really interesting from a character's psyche perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She yearned for so long to be like one of those women and to have money and to fit in. And she finally is doing that, yet she can't let go of her old ways or maybe she doesn't want mm-hmm. to. So that was like an interesting moment for me. Of like, why did she take it? So if you were to become, let's say, an overnight success and not just come into like a crazy amount of money quickly, but also have your entire life change in terms of how and where you live. Are there any parts of your current existence or maybe habits or traditions, aspects of your life in general that you would want to maintain within this new identity? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, Well, I would definitely hope that my family stays a priority, like that I'm still like going home, you know, to Texas to see my family when I can, that I that I can maintain my morning wake up routine with Jason and Doc, which if you've listened to us for a while, you know, that's very important to me. You know, we love movie nights at home. Like we love to decorate for holiday. Like I would hope that home centric Mm. things like keeping a home stays important to me. I would hope that our drunk ladies monthly happy hour, which I know has been disrupted by COVID, but like I would hope that that tradition, our monthly happy hours keeps going. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that I don't no matter like I, I would hope that no matter what level of quote unquote success I ever attained, I would hope that I keep just training like a fucking beast. Mm-hmm. I read this really cool article one time about Jason Alexander, who, of course, plays George on Seinfeld. And in the article, he it's, you know, said that even while he was doing episodes of Seinfeld where he was making six hundred thousand dollars per episode and more, that he was still running out. Yeah, he was still running out to do his Shakespeare classes or taking class with Larry Moss. Like he was still nonstop. I mean, this guy was making ungodly amounts of money and he was still like, I need to be training. And I was just, like, hugely inspired by that. And I thought, like, I hope that I never give up that pursuit of trying to, like, figure this acting thing out. I hope that never goes away. And I hope, you know, I give give as I can. But I hope that, I would hope that if more and more money is being earned and that kind of stuff... That overnight success brandy is 
giving mm. to people who need more commensurate mm-hmm. with what overnight success Brandy is earning. Mm. What about you? That's a good list. Well, that last one that you said, I that's actually like one of the only reasons why I would like to be more quote unquote successful and Maybe not successful is not the right word, but making an income that would reflect a career like that so that I can give so much more. Um, Yeah. So I think that's a good one. My list is actually really small because I found when I was thinking about this, there were very few things. You know, I was thinking like, oh, you know, I hope I still, you know, like can make my bed but then I was like no I don't like it would be great to have someone (laughs) else do that for me yeah you know (laughs) so many things like that but also a lot of mine are are home centric like I would still want to cook dinner with Ricardo when I could Mm. yeah um I my I had the same one of like I still would like to keep our happy hours you know still like to be able to carve out time for my friends you know not feel like I'm too busy or can never see them I would still want to take yoga, actually, in a class setting, like in a community. I don't think that I would want to be that person that only gets one-on-one, like, private training because I think there's something really beautiful and special about being in a group setting. For that, Mm -hmm. anyway, are you eating one of your grapes? Yeah. Can you hear it? I'm sorry. No. Is it so cold? Does it hurt your teeth? No, at this point, it's been, you know, two hours. It's delicious. That's so nice. That's like a sangria, I guess. I was just going to say, oh, my God, you're going to be wasted. I love that. I want to do that. (laughs) Okay. Um, I would still want to read on a park bench or lay out in the park. You know, I want to be able to, like, be outside. And lastly, I would still want to get really excited when I – go to a really nice restaurant like I don't want to lose the giddiness that I feel when I do something really fancy or bougie you know like I just get so excited and I would never want to take that for granted I think that's the biggest thing that's a good word I would never want to take any of it for granted I would never want to become normal the only other thing I want to mention is that trip we learned this week doesn't seem to think that Eddie and Blanche were actually having an affair. He chalks it up to just neighborhood gossip, which also added to my question mark about why there's so much animosity between him and Eddie. Because he says to Jane when they meet up, he 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 uses the phrase that was neighborhood gossip. He doesn't believe that affair happened. So then why does he hate it? It adds to my theory that B is making that affair up. And it further makes me question why then he hates Eddie so much. I don't know. I actually was just reminded that I thought there was something that happened that made me think this week that Eddie is the one that got Trip arrested, that like Eddie framed Trip because otherwise mm. why did they go for Trip? And so it does seem Whoa, like there is – that's interesting because I had the thought this week – you know, there's a whole big to-do made about the fact that Trip had bought a hammer mm-hmm. using a credit card. No, Eddie bought a hammer. Really? I thought it was Eddie for the renovations, for the home renovations. Yeah, but doesn't Trip get arrested because he bought a hammer using his credit card? And Jane is like, what an idiot. Why would he have used his credit card? Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I probably read that wrong. 
Okay. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Both things are possible here. One of us is Anything wrong is possible it, here. It's a crapshoot. <laughs> anyway, my thought was if Trip, you know, if if I'm right that it was Trip who had bought the hammer with his credit card, is it possible that Blanche because of the renovations that Eddie was doing on their house, is it possible that Blanche had given Eddie one of their credit cards and Eddie's actually the one who bought the hammer? Not Trip, but now Trip is being framed for the murder because of the hammer purchase, even though it wasn't him at all. It was actually Eddie. Mm. That was a thought that I had this week. Which is maybe also why Eddie freaks out when he realizes that Jane was using the debit card and not the credit card. I wondered about that, too. That was a really weird moment. Yeah, it wasn't like you're giving him the money. It's like, use the credit card. And it's like, uh, what's the difference? Well, I don't know. But it's not like she could pay John off with a credit card. You know what I mean? I I wondered if what he was trying to get at was, I know you're lying. You were using the debit card because you were getting money back or whatever. Yeah, but still, yeah. It's like that credit card is, there's some importance on the card. Right. There was a to-do made about that for sure. Hmm. Yeah. And you know, something else that occurred to me that I should have said earlier when I was talking about the similarity between B and Blanche and how it could be that they both did something terrible to a woman and framed them. The other thing that occurred to me this week is that Jane stole literally from the women, like their jewelry, their possessions. Mm-hmm. But B stole from Blanche. So I was like, that's actually their glaring similarity. They both have stole. They both. And maybe maybe that's why. Because I had that question, I think, in episode one even. Like, why is Jane stealing? Right. Maybe that they just needed that character. Similarity. Yeah. Flaw or whatever. Uh-huh. To, like, make them even more alike. It's just more literal. Interesting. I don't know. I still have so many questions. I want to go finish reading the book. <laughs> I want to go, go read the chapters. chapters I was supposed to read this week and then finish the book. I'm so excited. Yay. <laughs> oh, my God. It's very, very on par for this episode. All right. I need to go because I need more wine so that I can... <laughs> you know, get over Okay, this. okay. Well, if you don't have anything else, then I have a final question I don't, so that you can go get your glass of else. wine. Well, speaking of stealing, <laughs> unless you, Brandy, are like a perfect mm. baby angel muffin, and be honest, what's the worst <laughs> thing that you've ever stolen? Oh, I hate that. So you have so stolen. Much. Right. This is one that I hang on to, and it... I honestly think about it quite a bit. When I was in college, I ran out of socks one day. I hadn't done my laundry and I really had to get to class and it was the middle of winter. So it's not like I could just go without socks, you know, and in class we were usually without shoes. So like I needed socks. Okay. And none of my roommates were home. I had two roommates in my dorm And I opened a drawer and I found a pair of socks and I was like, this is what I'm doing right now. And I took her pair of socks. And the worst part was, is like a few weeks later, I was laying in bed and my roommate looks over at me and she goes, 
I have that exact same <gasps> pair of socks. And I was like, oh, weird. I completely <laughs> just forgotten. Like, you know, you would think if you're going to do something oh, like that, no. wash them, put them back. Completely slipped my mind. And I wore the socks. And she was like, I have a pair of socks exactly like that. And I was like, oh, weird. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, weird. And I could not tell if she knew she or did, didn't yeah. know. But I felt so guilty. She had to have known. I mean, they were a pretty generic, you know, whatever pair of socks, but like she had to have known. And I still to this day feel so guilty. Alexis, if for some reason you listen to this, I'm so sorry. I stole your fucking <laughs> pair of socks. I really need them. I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> you were setting that up to be so bad. And I'm like, wait, at the end of the day, you stole Tell from like your roommate in college a pair of socks, which like, yes, I get it. That is- <sighs> but like now I feel like way more of a piece of shit. I thought you were going where I was going. No, I'm not. Tell me what yours is, though. (laughs) Because I still also think about mine, and I still feel bad about it. I also, like, I was a klepto when I was a kid. Like, I used to steal from people all the time. I think just to see if I could get away with it. And I almost always did. Wow. It's terrible. (gasps) Because you're so sweet looking. I don't know. I just, no. I just, like, had it, like, in my blood, which maybe, like, be... But anyway, I also, when I was in college, I was just like walking through the gap. The gap. Like, and I haven't shopped at the gap in forever. And they just had all these really cute pairs of like lacy underwear. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't like Mm -hmm. any of my underwear. But they were like, $16 a pair, which, you know, and in college, like, I was broke. Yeah. So I was like, there's no way. And I stole, like, five pairs of underwear from (gasps) the Gap dressing room. Five pairs? Emma. I know. I know. How? How did you do that? Because I'm an awful person. I took the tag off, like, the barcode scanny part and, like, hid them in the dressing room. It's terrible. It's terrible. See, now I'm feeling awful again. I'm getting hot. I'm getting flustered. Oh, wow. Well, listeners, I hope you won't hold it against me that I stole some of your time this episode <laughs> making Emma recap what I didn't fucking read. Listen, you're always like the most on top of it person that I know. You are I like the most it. organized, most perfect person. I can't so it's it. like, I, you know, so honestly, upset. I'm like, I'm glad it wasn't me because it it would be me. <laughs> like, this would never happen to you. Do you know what I mean? That's something that I would pull over you <laughs> any day. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you all so much for listening. We love hearing from y'all. We do. So if you think of a detail we might have missed, a question you want to ask, something you want to recommend, hit us up on the gram at Emmy's Book 77 did. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing the love about our podcast on Instagram and telling people to check us yeah. out. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. And if any of you listening want to follow in Emmy's footsteps, we love the love. Love the or so love. Get on over to Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we love the or love, love the love. So, <laughs> so get on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Yeah. <laughs> 
Next week, we are finishing this fucking book. I can't wait so to find out what happens. So I can't make any mistakes. <laughs> yeah. We're going to read to the very end, Brandy. All of the pages. All of the pages. Got it. Stay tuned on our Instagram page at Are These Books Drunk for these four. No. Stay tuned on our Instagram page at Are These Books Drunk for the final cocktail pairing. Or will it be a wine pairing? Maybe it's a beer. Who knows? So that you can read along and sip along with us. Cause, Cause it's always happy, happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> Brandy, that's Sadie B, I think, really like feels good in you right now. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm still sipping on the drags left over in the bo- the very bottom of the glass. I've just Mm, I need all of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, bye. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye.